This is the Life of Jesus podcast with Ben Greenbaum and Mark Elsesser. For a full year, we have been looking at the life teachings and works of Jesus from the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we have really walked through his entire life, all the way through his crucifixion and resurrection. And today we're going to look at a particular story where Jesus appears to his disciples after he'd already appeared to them before inside of a locked room, and now it's out in the open sea. And the story takes place in John chapter 21, where Jesus is appearing to them, and these disciples decided to take off and go fishing. I've always wondered a bit about this story. Like, did they not know that Jesus was sending them out to evangelize the world? I mean, he told them he was getting ready to do that, but they went back to what they knew. They went back to fishing. Four of these guys at least were professional fishermen. And I, I, I just feel like Jesus, Jesus, by the way, he wasn't with them the whole time and all the, the days after his resurrection, all the, the multitude of weeks between his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. And there had to be some downtime. And so they, they got up and left Jerusalem, went back up north to the Sea of Galilee and went back to their old life. I've, I've always wondered if they thought, well, we saw the resurrected Jesus, and I guess it's over because he's somewhere else, which begs the question, where did he go in those, to- in those times? He did appear to other people. We know that. But they went back to the, to what they've always known. Have you thought much about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd ding them, I guess, for it, because what Jesus is ultimately calling them to uh, it is a life where they are. I mean, they're going to be a functional, what we, what we call or consider missionaries. Um, and so in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of, uh, I think, not necessarily understanding fully at this point, uh, what Jesus's call upon their life really is, what it means to truly go and bear witness, um, and so they do. They go back to their vocation, and we see it today. You know, there there are so many people. I have a, a dear friend of mine, Bill. When Bill came uh, to know Christ, uh, he was working. Uh, he he was working in Indy, and uh, and he was so just caught up in Christ's call to to go and make disciples, to bear witness. And he came to me one day, and he's like, "Does does that mean that I need to?" like quit my job and like move to Uganda? Like, what does that mean for me? Um, and I said, do you want to go to Uganda, Bill? And he's like, I don't really feel called to go to Uganda. And he's like, well, should I, should I go be a preacher or something? I'm like, do you want to be a preacher? And he, no. And I was like, well, maybe Jesus is just calling you to enter into your vocation and bear Christ, uh, within, within the scope of your vocation to be on mission there. And so the notion of these guys all uh, ultimately uh, spreading out and, and proclaiming the gospel, um, going from Jerusalem to Judah, you know, into into other nations at that at this point, it's kind of a foreign concept to them. And so I'm I'm not going to ding them on this yeah, one. I think you're maybe giving them a break because you love fishing so much. I think that could be part of the deal. <laughs> hey, yeah, my my yeah, in retirement, that's what. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go fish yeah, and uh, yeah. tell people about Jesus. So there you go. When somebody says, are you going to go fish? I think of the restaurants around Madeira Beach, Florida. That's where I go fish. And that's, that's about as much as 
I'm interested in it right there. So we're in John chapter 21, and it says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples, now up north by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, and two other disciples. It's, it's like Gilligan's Island, like and the two other, and the rest was the old song. And two other unnamed disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, "We'll go with you." So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Now this has got to be reminiscent of the time when they were called into ministry, when they had spent the night fishing and caught nothing. And Jesus said, cast your nets from the other side. We, we had a podcast on that. And they had this overflowing catch of fish. And so that at the very beginning of their time with Jesus, they had a great catch of fish. And at the very ending of their time of Jesus, they went out fishing all night long and caught nothing, just like they had done at the beginning of the call. Nothing's clicking for them yet. Maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe there shouldn't be a connection. To me, there seems like there's a significant message that Jesus wants to convey to them. So it says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. I'm guessing that's just because of the early morning hours and, and the mist and the, the fog of, of morning is kind of kicking out. Who knows? He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? Now not only could they not see him, they can't recognize his voice. No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. At this moment, Ben, I think it clicked, at least for Peter, because it says in verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, or John says to Peter, It is the Lord. I believe, I just have to believe that it was that moment of a similar action, casting the net, filling up the net with fish. They hadn't caught anything the whole, the whole fishing trip, and here they are catching more fish than they can hardly imagine. I imagine that right here they, they knew it was him. It wasn't his image. It wasn't his voice. It was the miraculous catch, which reminded them of their call to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus in the first place. So John says to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat. So here's, here's Peter. The guy who walked on water is now uh, splashing in the water, swimming toward, toward Jesus, freshwater lake, swimming toward Jesus and just going after him. They, he, he's trying to get there. And these other guys are following. They're rowing slower than he's swimming. It, it, it seems like, as I pay attention to the story, because they're towing, it says, the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. You know, swimming 100 yards isn't that easy. 
but Peter's pretty motivated to do this. And these guys are now excited that Jesus, who'd already appeared to them in resurrection, is appearing to them again. When they had landed, it says, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So here's a resurrected Jesus like cooking food, living normal life. So as you, as you listen to this story again, and you've seen it many times, what, what jumps out at you as we think about the power of the resurrected Christ in their lives and in ours as well? Yeah, their want to to be with Jesus, the the physical nature of his resurrection. You know, there's some that that claim, well, there was a spiritual resurrected Jesus. Here we have this depiction of Christ um, cooking food, like having uh, breakfast with his uh, with his disciples. We see the intimacy of their relationship with one another. I think. Um, you know, there's this want to be with Jesus. So, some of me wonders, uh, and part of this is comes out of what's about to happen uh, in the narrative. You know, what what's on Peter's heart is is his denial of Christ weighing so intensely on his heart that it's a motivating factor as he jumps into the in, into the drink and swims to him, wanting to be with him. Um, in some ways, even maybe wanting to reveal and to show his affection. Uh, for him, as that denial is is still uh, weighing on his heart and his mind, uh, but those are some of the things that uh, come to mind. Um, outside of the fact that Jesus was the greatest fisherman of all time, so Jesus, uh, like <laughs> good good fishing plug there. So just like with the feeding of the five thousand, Jesus gives them bread and fish. There's so many things that are that have to make them reflect on on their lives, and they're eating. And as they're eating this breakfast together of bread and fish, Peter's just dripping. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been all the way in the water. He's, he's dripping the water off of his garment. He's soaking wet. His hair's wet. And it says in verse 15, when they had finished eating, so I'm picturing here, Simon Peter's still a mess. I mean, he's been in the water and he's maybe beginning to dry out a little bit. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? More than these what? I've always wanted to know. You're, you're the scholar of the group here today. I've, I've, let me just give you this. I, I've wondered, is it like more than these guys? more than these things in the world, more than these worries that you just alluded to of your denial of me and your, your failure of me. Like you love me more than these, these nets, these boats, mm-hmm. um, which he had asked them to, to leave behind, uh, or that they, they had dropped and, and as they went after him earlier, yeah, might be all of the above. Maybe. And, and part of it, I think, I think the, 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 in some ways, the bigger piece of it is the, the question in our own life, um, as Jesus poses this question to Peter, is ultimately, is our love for Christ above all, all things? Yes. If, if Jesus asked us the question, do you love me more than these, what would the these be in our lives? The things, the possessions, 
our affections for others? It's a really good question. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Simon Peter said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. When they when they had the first catch of fish and, and all these kind of things took place, when they were first called to be disciples, Jesus said to Peter and the others, I will make you fishers of people. He took their profession and gave them an image of fishing that would be the picture or the paradigm of their ministry. But now he flips the metaphor. And he tells these fishermen, you'll be the shepherd of my people. Feed my sheep, take care of my lambs, all those things. I think there's a moment here when he's, when they say, we don't know how to do that. Like, at the beginning of their call, okay, we're going to fish for people. I understand. I know what fishing is. Now I just do that with people instead of fish. But here he's telling these fishermen, nope, you're done being fishermen. You're going to be shepherds. And they had to think, I don't know how to be a shepherd. I've spent my whole life out in the middle of a body of water. I have no idea how to be a shepherd. I know how to eat lamb, but I don't know how to be a shepherd. And yet he tells him, I just believe there's something significant in this moment when he changes the paradigm and says, you're not even going to fish for people. You're going to shepherd the people. And Peter becomes the leader and the one who gives the, the sermon in Acts chapter 2 that, that launches the church and becomes the de facto leader of, of the Christian movement. It just feels like to me there's something significant here where Jesus is saying, get out of that boat and stay out of that boat. Whether it's a physical boat or not, like get out of that 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 mindset and get into something else. Now I'm gonna ask the the guy who loves fishing, you know, if uh, I'm on the right train of thought here. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't hadn't really thought about it honestly until you brought that up. Um, but the the shift really in the metaphor. You know, as he's using uh, fishing at one point to illustrate one aspect of ministry, and now he shifts it uh, to the to the image of the shepherd and feeding uh, his sheep. Um, really, draw. I mean, in some ways, drawing them out of the boat, <laughs> um, calling them really to leave their their nets behind, even in just using this this different image as he's calling them in. Uh, to the ministry that he has uh, set them apart to do. Which would take more than they've ever 
been able to accumulate in their life. You know, people have said something like this, that if you, if you don't, if you're not doing something where you're desperate for God and you're praying for God to use you or do things in and through you in a way that you don't have the natural ability to do, then you kind of don't need God. Some, some versions of that have ever, and I think that may be what's happening here. Jesus is conveying to Peter, you're going to be doing something that even the three years you've had with me hasn't fully equipped you to do. Mm. Hold on. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit you're going to get even more and you're going to now be able to, to do things which you have no idea how to do. I think he hints at that. And what, what follows here, it begins in verse 18 when Jesus says, very truly, I tell you when you Peter were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, the same thing he said at the very beginning when he called him, follow me. So in the initial call, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of people, fishers of men, fishers of people. Seems kind of like a glorious thing to do. Now Jesus had just been crucified, and he paints a picture of Peter being crucified stretching out his arms, and he says, follow me. It's a lot different to follow Jesus into like, this is fun in the church. Let's have some activities to following him to the place of, of suffering and sacrifice for him, which Peter uses that language in his epistles mm-hmm. of, of suffering for Christ. And that's exactly what he's being called into here and saying he was going to die. But Peter, being Peter, verse 20, <laughs> turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, which of course was John, the author of this gospel. Peter turned and saw John who was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? A little commentary by John about John. When Peter saw John, he asked him, Lord, what about him? I love this. You know, like Jesus just set Peter up to say, you're going to lead this, this whole thing. But in the end, you're going to suffer. You're going to, you're going to be crucified. That's the picture I get here. And Jesus said, but what about that guy? What's going to happen to him? Is it Peter? Can Peter just not escape his own personality? Is, is like he, is he governed by, by his Enneagram and his, and his, <laughs> and his deal. Like what, what is cooking here with this guy? I don't know. It's just Peter being Peter. You know, he's walked uh, through this restoration process with Jesus and really in, in many ways, Jesus affirming uh, his love for Peter as Peter confesses uh, his love uh, for Christ. Um, and he, even the whole, the, you know, the whole dynamic surrounding this, you know, they're, they're around a fire. Uh, Jesus asked the question, three times, all these things that would have hearkened back to that night in Peter's three denials, Peter being around the fire, um, when he, when he denies Jesus. And so you got, you have this whole moment, this moment of restoration and then coming right out of it, Peter looks and turns and looks at John and is like, what about that dude? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's part, and it's not just, I mean, it's not just endemic to Peter. You know, we see this in John and James uh, throughout the gospel accounts as well. But yeah, it's just, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just Peter being Peter. You know, there's Peter being Peter, but there's plenty of, in my case, Mark being Mark. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's Ben being yep. Ben. And if any of us are honest with ourselves, we get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives a whole lot more than anything else. We can blame others around us or the way that the world's treating us or the things as pastors, the things that the church will or won't let us do or all that. That's a bunch of noise, really. I think we often stand in the way more than anyone else of, of what God really wants to do in and through our lives because Peter has just been told, you're going to do incredible things. You're going to be the chief shepherd of the church. And he's like, well, what about that guy? <laughs> and so I, I, I echo that. I embrace that. And I know there are too many times where it's, that's Mark being Mark. And I look back and I think, ah, or in the moment even say, why can't I surrender myself fully to him? And maybe I'm trapped by my Enneagram too. I, I don't, I don't. Do they have Enneagram back then? Is that, did they study that? Do you think? No, <laughs> they didn't have That's a the dish most test. Thing. <laughs> they didn't have a dish test and enneagram. Certainly Myers Briggs. They had right, had, right. What, yeah. Wasn't that the last names of two of the disciples? I, I don't Myers mean to discount any of those things. It's just always interesting to me the the level of uh, intensity with which we sometimes go after those things. But okay. that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to listen to. I'm going I'm to listen to. I'm going to be most interested in the email responses that you might get out of that. So here's Jesus. He's he's doing this. Uh, r- wrap up our thinking on this passage here in John chapter 21. Now Jesus is simply setting the course uh, for uh, these guys. We've had these resurrection uh, appearances. We have the restoration of Peter. And ultimately, this scene uh, really sets the sets the scene for uh, G- the great commission that that Christ is going to extend, uh, not only to them but to us as well. And uh, but first and, and primarily, we see the nature of God's grace to uh, to Peter um, in this restoration, and now He's calling Peter to to glorify to glorify him ultimately, uh, to go and, and to be the shepherd that I've called you to be and unto death. And may that be the same in some way, shape or form uh, for us all. Amen to that. That is good. Well, you, you've set that up real well. Next time we'll look at the great commission, but anyway, next time's episode 50 out of 52. So we have really seeing who Jesus is. And we'll take a look at that great commission that he gives to his disciples. And I think by extension to all of us to take the gospel wherever we live. Folks, if you want to go in deeper on this, go to our church's website, fishersumc.org, or our church app and list, click on the Life of Jesus link. That'll take you to more elements of what we do in this year-long study. We're now coming to the place where I could say, hey, if, if you picked this up here late in the game, you can maybe go back and pick some pieces up again that, that you would like to. It, this 
This app includes not only our podcast, but daily gospel readings, devotions, poems, the link to the sermon from each week that's all on this. All kinds of things are there to help you in your spiritual journey to learn more and more about Jesus. See you next time. Thank you.